Uh, that's weird, isn't it? It's three and a half minutes long from 1969. It certainly doesn't sound that dated and still like overflowing with ideas. That's a Neon Philharmonic from their second album. All their music was uh, put together on the compilation Brilliant Colours, but they've yet to get their kudos. And that was You Lied, which was a second single in 1969 with uh, No One Is Going To Hurt You on the A-side. A very interesting band, kind of weird, and they're growing on me a lot. Uh, now, one of the uh, thing, interesting things I mentioned about that band is that they were formed on the back of uh, one of the uh, the members who was um, it's kind of like a, com- a proper composer going to watch an opera in New York. And he didn't go to see it because it was good. He went to see it because it was big and because it was terrible. And he wanted to see what a really terrible opera with a massive budget would look like, which is the kind of thing I'd do. And that kind of leads us on to a review of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice by Zack Snyder, a director that's gone gradually down, in my opinion. 300 wasn't a great film, but it was kind of iconic. It was very, very stupid, but iconically stupid. Uh, And it had a lot going for it in various uh, lurid ways. But I actually loved Watchmen. I thought that was a great comic book adaptation, one of the most complex uh, that's been put to screen. I, I thought that was a very underrated film. He then followed that up with the worst title in history and, and another colon abusing one, Legend of Guardians colon The Owls of Gahul. I mean, really. Uh, Sucker Punch was pretty bad. And then he did a Superman movie, Man of Steel, with um, the actor Henry Cavill as Superman. And the thing I took away from that thing is... Uh, is how brilliant Christopher Reeve was as Superman. Um, he was he award-worthy as Superman. The amount of pathos and humanity he wrung from that role, he never got any credit for, I don't think, other than public love. And Henry Cavill was just so anonymous, and the screenplay was a, just a, a mess. Uh, it was one of those films where it sort of went on, but you couldn't. it didn't seem to be able to focus on any particular angle. And he certainly brought that over to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which is uh, the first in a new branch of Marvel comic uh, franchise movies. And it came out to a huge initial box office and then fell off, I think, record 65% in America the second week. And it needs to make over a billion dollars to make money or to justify the franchise when you add up all of the additional costs, like marketing could be $150 million on top of the budget. Uh, it will do that easily, I reckon. I don't think there's a problem there. Even if it has dropped off, it's doing quite well with the public, reasonably well. And it's done uh, so much box office in the first week and has been marketed so heavily um, that it's difficult to see that it will fail or be considered a failure. But it has been drubbed. Um, The initial idea of the film is excellent. Although Batman fighting Superman sounds stupid at the start, the actual premise of the movie is very, very good, really strong. And that's that both Batman and Superman, who live in opposing fake cities, Metropolis and Gotham, both regard each other as a danger to humanity because of each other's power and because each other aren't accountable to anyone. And then you throw in the lifelong villain Lex Luthor, uh, this time played by Jesse Eisenberg, into the mix and he is hunting kryptonite and trying to make uh, Batman believe that Superman is this immortal being that needs to be killed or taken down for the sake of humanity because 
who knows what will happen one day in the future when Superman decides just to kill a lot of us, and he can do it. So that's a really strong initial premise, and quite a dark one as well. And the immediate problem with this film is the screenplay, and Zack Snyder really needs someone to sit down with him and go through his screenplays. Because from that initial premise, he then adds a new element every five minutes. And it is so inco incoherent, that's the number one criticism I've seen from, direct, uh, from reviewers, that it's very incoherent. The storytelling is not focused, it's confusing. There are so many additional elements added on throughout that you kind of look around and going, well, what are we up to now with this person? What are we up to now with that storyline? That storyline's kind of muted a bit into something else. There's an additional person here. We're not focusing on this anymore. And it just goes on throughout the whole two hours, 30, two hours, 31 minutes. Um, it's also very flat in tone. There's not a lot that juts out. I don't mind dark movies. I don't mind dark Batman movies. But it's a very easy compare with The Dark Knight. Uh, it's a really easy movie to compare that to. There is no humor in this, no light. And everything seems to be on a sort of monochromatic grey scale all the way through. No one sort of juts out that much. None of the storylines are different to the other storylines. Everything sort of merges into this big porridge, uh, which makes it quite tiring. Um, elsewhere, Jesse Eisenberg as the Joker seems to have asserted that was a Freudian slip, as Lex Luthor seems to be just copying. Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker to a degree and it's a it's a guaranteed Golden Raspberry award-winning performance for best supporting actor you heard it here first he's terrible and I love Jesse Eisenberg I've loved him in a lot of different films I like his sort of manner but here he goes for broke and it's it's cringeable it's saving grace though is that at least it's the only character that really juts out as something either fun or as entertainment uh, the big crying baby thing about this movie was the fact that Ben Affleck was going to take over a role that had already been won. Um, so the previous Batman trilogy is, is so loved by fans of the genre that going back to Batman again this soon was not considered a wise option. Ben Affleck is one of the best things about the film. He's perfectly great as Batman. He's perfectly good. But the thing is, once you've gone to the level of sophistication and narrative sophistication that Christopher Nolan had in his trilogy, do you want to go back to something with so little light or shade and something that is obviously a lesser quality product and a lesser interesting Batman and all the other characters are just not as interesting as the ones you can't compare Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor to Heath Ledger's Joker and not come away thinking that this is a much more subpar movie. Um, there are there's a massive massive cast it just goes on forever Amy Adams I loved in this film it says a lot about this film that it actually I actually loved it much much more when Amy Adams who's a, a side player as Lois Lane Holly Hunter or Diane Lane or Gal Gadot the female cast who were mostly side characters were on screen and normally those are the interminable bits that you want to get rid of but they had a bit of life about them uh, the battle between Batman and Superman is interminable. It's quite boring, and it's very dark. Not dark in a, um, not dark as in say um, an emotionally heavy way, but dark as in sort of indistinctly dark. It's just, it just seems to be murky. What's going on between them, uh, and there's no light at all. 
Um, so it's a, it's a very badly made film on a lot of levels. I'll give it some credit though. It's not the disaster that people are saying, and primarily that's because the setup's very good. But if you watch it a second time, as I have, and you stop focusing on the story, then you can watch the visuals, which are excellent. Uh, too way too many effects, but excellent ones nonetheless. And the and the scope and grandeur of everything you're watching is at times very very impressive. Um, the battle scenes and stuff like that between Superman and Batman and this uh, pointlessly involved villain at the end who comes out of nowhere from Lord of the Rings for some reason. Um, they're very impressive. They are. It's just a bit like getting bludgeoned over the head while you watch it the first time through, especially as you're trying to follow the story, which is very, very convoluted and difficult and not well presented. So I don't think it's as bad as it's made out. I think it's the kind of film you can re-watch more easily than the first time through. So I'll give Batman v Superman a, a 4 out of 10. I think it's getting like 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is an abstract electronic piece by a British producer called Lee Gamble.